TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the Nets game, I feel like I haven't done this in weeks. It actually has been like two weeks. I think that was like February 15th, 14th. Keith McPherson on the fan checking right back in, folks. We got to talk sports tonight. There's a ton to go over. It's about to be March during this show. We're about to flip the calendar. And uh, I'm excited for the spring. I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for things to come here in New York with our teams and the weather changing. We got a little snow last night. Hopefully that's the most snow we're going to get. I'm good on that. Doesn't really add to anything. Doesn't really help anything around here. Bring on the spring. We're going to talk basketball, of course. Baseball, of course. Hockey, too. And uh, the NFL, because the NFL is king. There's never an opportunity to not talk about the NFL. But, yeah. If you're coming off of listening to Brooklyn Nets radio and you're a Nets fan, I'll, I'll definitely talk Nets. Maybe I won't lead with the Nets. Let's let's go league by league and team by team. I'll, I'll start with the NBA and I'll start with the Knicks because I was on Carton and Roberts yesterday and then I went home and watched the Knicks game and I wasn't on afterwards to talk about it. And I wasn't thinking that the Knicks were going to win that game. Even without Jalen Brown, I'm thinking this is the Celtics. You know, I'm watching this game last night. And I'm waiting for the Celtics to make a run. The Celtics are a team, to me, that seems like they're trying to get back to the NBA Finals as fast as they can. Like These guys uh, have had the best record in the NBA. They were the number one seed in the East. And as I'm watching that game, something has changed. It's different. The Garden feels different. The team looks different. Obviously, Josh Hart and Mitchell Robinson coming back. Obviously, the Josh Hart trade and getting Mitchell Robinson back, but I'm watching the game, and I'm waiting for the Celtics to strike. I'm waiting for the Celtics to go on their run. I'm waiting on them to close the gap, and it never happened. It never happened. The Knicks had them from the beginning to the end, and they had them before the end. Like It it did not matter what the Celtics tried to do or get going, and obviously they have one of the best players in the league in uh, Jason Tatum. He gets double-text and ejected from the game. I start watching the game. Knicks win. 
So props to you if you bet on that. I didn't bet on it. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think that the Knicks would win, but I, I didn't. I didn't feel like uh, the Celtics were going to go in there and look like that. And I know we're only a couple games off of the All Star break, but hey, the guys are back into it, man. I'm watching the Knicks, and they just have a different swagger to them. This looks like a New York team now. This looks like a team that New Yorkers can be proud of. They play defense. They're intense. Uh, they have just timely scoring and sharing the ball and passing the ball. And I think the Knicks have finally found their identity. Uh, there's so much more to see and so much more to go. But, man, I felt like they got under the Celtics' skin. They irritated those guys. And, uh, yeah, I didn't even see the final. But I stopped watching the game when Tatum was out. I'm like, this is a wrap. Check the standings, folks. Check the standings right now. The Knicks have passed the Nets for the fifth seed in the East. Just like that. And tomorrow, second half of a back-to-back for your Brooklyn Nets. And now a night off to rest for the Knicks. We'll get another edition of the Battle of the Burrows. Nets versus Knicks in the Garden. Not excited about it. I'm watching this Nets game tonight. And I'm trying to convince myself that they can win. I'm trying to believe. Nah, 15-game win streak for the Milwaukee Bucks as Giannis returns tonight. The Nets started off all right, but I just knew with the sloppy turnovers and the missed shots, and like it's just a it's a team trying to find their way right now. It's a coach trying to lead the way for a bunch of guys that know there there's no superstar, there's no clear cut guy. They were all elsewhere. It's still a lot to process, I know, for the fans and the players. Like, how do we get here? Time moves fast. Things happen quickly. And uh, the Brooklyn Nets are not in a good spot. I said, I'm watching the game. I'm, 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 I'm trying to convince myself, right? They, they started off with a good first quarter. Can't win the game in the first quarter. They have a 10-point lead at half. And I'm thinking, all right, you know, they're holding. But nah, that third quarter broke me, man. <laughs> that third quarter... And, I mean, I, I hate watching the Bucks play. I've, I've hated watching Giannis play for years because it's always like you got to beat the Bucks and the refs, right? The refs just watch like fans. They watch run and dunk man Giannis do exactly that, run uh, through the paint and dunk the ball. Now, they missed a goal 10. They missed a couple travels on both sides. Like, I don't know. I watch these games, and it's like they don't know how to call them. Either way, the, the Nets – ended up having a run where Giannis wasn't on the floor. That was the whole game. That that literally third quarter, that run in the third quarter to end the third quarter, when you're looking at the Nets bench, I think the Nets bench had something like five points at the time. <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks haven't lost without Giannis for a reason. They just showed you tonight what they can do. The Nets were up by double digits. In the third quarter, then the Bucks closed the third quarter on a 25 to 9 run. <laughs> and Giannis wasn't on the floor for, for most of that. And I'm looking at this Bucks team, and you know, the, the jokes have been going around because Giannis was on the Tonight Show or something like that. I don't even know. I, I don't rock with Giannis like that. And I don't, I definitely don't watch late night TV, but I saw the little clip of him calling out Kevin Durant about joining a super team, call me up. So I can teach you how to carry a team. You didn't carry any teams. What NFL or what NBA uh, finals were people watching? Drew Holiday deserves more respect than he gets. 
Brooke Lopez, former net, deserves more respect than he gets. Chris Middleton was instrumental in helping Giannis win that championship, but he's such an NBA darling, the Greek freak. I mean, they love this guy, and they uh, want him to do more medias and appearances, and he played right into it. I'm like, Giannis, why would you read that off the teleprompter, bro? You're going against Jokic. You're going against KD, but whatever. Giannis ends this game with 33 points. And uh, let me see. The Nets were up 34-22 after the first quarter. They go up uh, with a 10-point lead at half. It, it it didn't matter, man. It didn't matter. They the, the Bucks closed them out, and I'm looking at the Nets, and I'm just like, this is not what anybody expected or predicted. Mikael Bridges gives you 31. Spencer Dinwiddie, 26. Cam Johnson, 19. But that bench performance, there was nothing off the bench. I can't even count the points from David Duke Jr. and Drew Smith. Dayron Sharp had two. He's suspect. Seth Curry, zero. Suspect. Joe Harris, zero. Suspect. Cam Thomas, two. We want to believe in you, Cam, but you're also suspect. Sometimes it's one way. Sometimes it's a, it's another. The defense looks better than it doesn't. The scoring is there, then it's not. And Royce O'Neal now coming off the bench, four points. Not able to knock down shots. Uh, the Nets are suspect, and and it's tough. I, I did a podcast today for my Nets fans, and I said, you know, I wanted to be optimistic. I'm always optimistic, but to think that this team can hold a fifth or sixth spot and not be in the play-in doesn't seem realistic. My goal for this group was to not be in the play-in because then you automatically did better than what Katie and Kyrie did in their last full season. My hope was that these guys could win one playoff game and not get swept, but there's a chance that they could end up getting swept. Who knows how it's going to go, but this is not what Nets fans expected, and it is what it is, and now we go into a matchup against the Knicks, and I was saying to Evan as a Nets fan, and I know uh, Evan agreed with me, like this is all just part of it. (laughs) This is all just part of it, right? We got to watch Kevin Durant roll out there tomorrow night and play for the Suns against the Hornets, the makings of another super team, we should have known, right? We should have known this would end with our stars leaving and joining other superstars. And this is what Joe Sy and Sean Marks wanted. They wanted to get back to where we were in 2018, 2019. And this game had a feel like it was 2018 and 2019. There were so many times watching the Nets back in 2018 where I'm like, doesn't matter if they're up in the first quarter, first half. They're not going to close this game. Uh, they couldn't close the game. That's another loss. And it was always like, okay, where's our superstar to help us close the game? Back then it was D'Lo, D'Angelo Russell, I guess. I remember the year before there wasn't one clear-cut superstar. Spencer Dinwiddie tried to play the role, but it was always just watching the Nets versus other good teams with superstars getting to the end of the game where they couldn't close it out. And I just feel like they're back there and, We'll see what they do the rest of the way, but it's uphill. It is an uphill battle for the Brooklyn Nets if you go check out their schedule. For you Knicks fans listening, congratulations. Like you, You've got a team that you can believe in. Don't get too excited. I know we're talking about the finals, and they could make a run now because they beat the Celtics. I wouldn't go that far, but believe. You know, that's, that's part of it. You hear me a lot of times say, stay down until you come up. That's for fans, right? Stay down with your team until you come up is going to be even more rewarding. And I feel like Knicks fans now feel like it's their time now. The Garden will be alive this spring. 
I'm excited about it. I don't go there, but I'm excited for the city to be alive and for it to get warmer and the two teams that play in the garden to be rocking. Uh, Devils fans, don't be mad at me. I'm Devils fan all the way. And uh, don't be mad at what I'm about to say. But, man, Patrick Kane, they did it. The Rangers made the move for him. And months ago, maybe two months ago, Carton and Roberts were having a conversation about what team do we think will end the drought here, the championship drought here? What team do we think will win a championship next in New York? And I was sitting in the newsroom. Craig comes out. Evan comes out. And Evan throws a question at me. And without thinking and without even giving it a couple seconds, my knee-jerk reaction was the Rangers. And I don't know why I said the Rangers, but I thought about it. I said, yeah, I thought they were close last year. And they're pretty good this year. If they make some moves, they got a good shot. And everything I'm reading on Twitter, there's a lot of hype, obviously. Uh, There are some detractors. Some people are going to say, oh, Patrick Kane is washed. His best days are behind him. Nah, I've seen more than one person say, hey, this makes the Rangers the favorite to win the cup. This makes them a legit Stanley Cup contender. And Rangers fans got to be excited about that. Patrick Kane is a dog. He's a pro, and I would not sleep on that man. I would not act like his best days are behind him. He's a champion. He knows what it takes to advance and win and win the Stanley Cup, and now you're getting that energy in Madison Square Garden with the blue shirts. Congrats to the Rangers on making that move, and congrats to the Devils on making the move to get Timo Meyer. I talked about how a couple Sundays ago I was at the Rock watching the Devils play the Lusapeg Jets. And I just kept hearing Timo, Timo, Timo. Yeah, think they're in on Timo? Yeah, they've got Timo, Timo. Whispers about Timo Meyer. And then I start looking him up. And next thing you know, that deal gets done. And I think the Devils have a good shot to make a run at it. Anything can happen in playoff hockey. I'm excited about it. The Islanders right now are in. Uh, nope, that game just ended. <laughs> the Islanders lose 2 1. In a shootout. I was about to say the Islanders are in one right now. Let's see if they can pull it out. No, the Islanders lose 2-1. But we think that the Islanders have a chance at the wild card. The spring is going to be turned up here. Can you imagine if we somehow get Rangers, Devils, and then the Islanders get in? I think hockey will be alive here in New York. I think we'll get more puck talk on the fan. Now, when are we not talking football? When are we not talking Aaron Rodgers? When are we not talking Jets? I mean, there's so many Jets fans here at the station. There's so many Jets fans, and this is crucial right now. As we're getting closer and closer to March and the new league year, and there's a bunch of NFL news that came out today. I'll run through some of it tonight. Um, But here's the thing that I found with the Jets. Connor, let's see if we can roll that clip. So, I mean, I'm looking for different things on Aaron Rodgers, and I come across this guy named Aubrey Marcus. Not familiar with him, didn't care to look him up, but I'm checking for him tomorrow because he put out a little clip of him having Aaron Rodgers on his podcast, and uh, Aaron Rodgers goes into detail about what he was trying to find in his darkness retreat, what he was looking for, and uh, maybe what he found, I guess, in this podcast. I mean, great teaser, great trailer, I guess, in this podcast We're going to find out some things. Jets fans are definitely going to want to look into Aubrey Marcus and his Awake in the Darkness 
series documentary on YouTube that's supposed to be coming out tomorrow. Uh, let's run the little audio we have of what Aaron Rodgers uh, said to him in this little teaser clip on Twitter today. Out of the black. Mm-hmm. Not too many people I know have done that journey. There's two choices the person has. Wait for the world to bring the darkness upon them, or they can go out and find the darkness and prepare for the inevitable challenges that the world brings. And just kind of let whatever was going to come in, come in. And it did. A lot of great contemplation around, you know, how I show up in the world. And and then, uh, you know, I spent parts of uh, a couple of days imagining what it would be like to uh, retire and then imagining what it would be like to continue to play. Deep, trippy, Aaron Rodgers. He's eccentric. He's not like everybody else. Well, <laughs> we just want to get to... Uh, <laughs> The resolution, the conclusion, we just need an answer, bro. Are you retiring? No? Your plan? Yeah. Are they going to roll with this kid that they drafted over Jalen Hurts? Like, I just, I'm over it. Like, we get it. We get it. I feel like all this stuff was planned. This Aubrey Marcus, they had to have, they had this date planned months ago. Whatever. Hopefully we get some more information and hopefully uh, we find out about that. We've got some more information for Jets fans. The uh, Hall of Fame game. August 3rd, we'll feature them and the Cleveland Browns. I expect that to be a Zach Wilson game. Ton of snaps for Zach Wilson. That might be the most you see him play in an NFL game ever again. And, uh, yeah, we're definitely going to talk Rangers. We're definitely going to talk Devils. We're definitely going to talk Knicks and Nets. But, of course, the Giants made news today at the NFL Combine. That's all coming up. I'm excited to see the Combine. I'm excited every year to watch the Combine. I did a lot of those workouts. I did a lot of that training, the bench press, vertical jump, uh, broad jump, 40, two-cone drill, you know, those type of things. Or three-cone drill. There's a two-cone drill. It's like a shuttle. Um, But yeah, I'm excited for that. And then Joe Shane came out and, you know, basically told us, hey, Daniel Jones is going to be the guy. He let people in on those contract negotiations, where they are with Saquon. And the biggest news is that, yeah, we knew this, but uh, the Giants are going to release Kenny Galladay, and uh, they're going to get some money back that way. So all this stuff is coming. It's it's on the horizon. It's going to be a great spring. March is literally about an hour away, and uh, we've got plenty to talk about, plenty to go over. I also saw from the Combine, this isn't Giants, but it definitely pertains to Giants fans, that the uh, Bengals director of player personnel, he said they're not trading T. Higgins. I know there's a lot of Giants fans looking for a receiver, and T. Higgins was a possibility in our minds. But, yeah, they came out and said they're not trading them. But, reminder, what they say and what they do are two completely different things. I got plenty more to go through, but we should break here before we get to the top of the hour. 877-337-6666. Keith McPherson back on the fan. We're going to talk sports. You should join me. Let's hit this break, and I'll be right back. All right. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Quickly here. Only a couple minutes until the update. Keith McPherson on the fan looking at both trades for the New Jersey Devils and for the New York Rangers. Um, They're different. I mean, they're both impactful and uh, they're both going to help each team take a step forward. But the trade details with the uh, Devils trade for Timo Meyer, man, 
there's so many names, there's so many guys, and only a couple picks. I'm not going to attempt to uh, to even try and pronounce all their names. And you guys know I keep it real with you. Like I'm a new hockey fan. I'm not even familiar with a lot of these guys. Definitely can't pronounce their names. But uh, the Devils acquired Timo Meyer. <laughs> Actually, I am going to try and announce these guys' names. Timor Igbragimov, <laughs> Scott Harrington, Santori Hataka, Zachary Edmond, and a 2024 fifth-round pick. The Sharks get Andreas Johnson, Fabian Zetterlin, Shakir, nope, no shot with that last name, uh, Nikita, nope, no shot with that last name, a 2023 first-round pick, a 2024 conditional first-round pick, 2024 seventh-round pick. And then when you look at the trade for Patrick Kane, obviously the Rangers get the legend, Patrick Kane. Um, and they're sending Chicago a conditional 2023 second-round pick and a 2025 fourth-round pick. That's a win for both sides. It's a win for the Rangers and a win for the Devils. 877-337-6666. We're about to start the show for real, but Marco's in here. We got to hit you with an update coming up. Let's do that right about now. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. And just like that, we're ready to actually start the show, taking your calls till 2 a.m. Your nighttime host, Keith McPherson, back in the saddle, ready to rock. I feel like there's a ton to talk about, and I'm excited to not have to, you know, spend the whole night talking about Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers. We can hit the Rangers-Devils conversation, of course, Knicks and Nets, as we get ready for that game coming up and. Yeah, we'll probably talk Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr at some point. We're getting closer to finding out what is what with that. But, uh, yeah, call me up, man, 877-337-6666. Let's get the show going. Ronnie's in the Bronx. What's up, Ronnie? You're on the fan. Keith, thanks for taking my call. I, I was happy I got through the other day when you were on the day show. I tried to give you a nice compliment there. I don't know if you remember. but Yeah, I, I, I heard. We, Shout out to you. Appreciate yeah. it. No, no problem. But uh, let me tell you something. I think, you know, my team's out of it, but I love hockey, especially playoff hockey. And this is like getting close to being playoff hockey when they're juggling like this. But I think I think the Devils made out even better with Kane. Now, I know Kane is excellent. Don't get me wrong. But they picked up a, a legitimate goal scorer, you know, the Devils. Yeah, I was talking yeah. to Pete Hoffman, yeah. who works here. Uh, you guys probably mm-hmm. know Pete Hoffman from doing the weekends and producing Tiki and Tierney. Um, and he wrote on my Twitter, he said, uh, think of 
Timo Meyer as a goal scorer with a physical presence, a poor man's Ovechkin. Exactly. I mean, you know, goals by how many games he plays. He like scores like a, a goal every two games. But I'm like you. My, I, I got to make a little confession. You know, when you grew up, you went to the, you know, with the Dallas, and you live in New York. They all hate you, you know, because you're a Dallas fan. <laughs> but when I was growing up. The team that was good in hockey, and I still, I'm the only like fan I think were the Philadelphia Flyers. So, you know, it's not too easy going through. Uh, yeah, you know, it's tough. Hockey, it, they yeah, got beat down. Devils beat fans. them seven yeah, nothing the other the night. That was a party. Yeah, they hate the Flyers. Yeah, but uh, I hope I hope the Yankees get smart and they and they they find some room for this kid Volpe. You know, I hate when they wait too long. They have all the, you know, a lot of talent. They wind up trading them away. I hope they give this kid a shot. I mean, especially they might be uh, trading that shortstop, you know, the one they got now, Falfalef, whatever his name is, to the Dodgers and makes room for both of them, you know, both of the kids they got, you know. Mm-hmm. Cause they, they, they really got a lot of spark when they play. You can tell the difference, you know. Yeah. If you ask me, the time is now. I think we'll see Volpe at the major league level this year. I think they're going to try their best not to, you know, bring him up right away. You know, they manipulate service time. But the kid is too good, and there's too much hype. Mm -hmm. And it's time to see these young guys play with the older guys. Now, Stanton, I like when he plays the outfield. I know he can't play every day, but it definitely makes him a better player. And he's not that bad. But what about this other kid that's hitting the home runs from the Dominican Republic they got? Jason Dominguez? Uh, is there any way he can stick? He's just he's 20 years old. He's just young. And, oh. uh, you know, he's still got some developing to do. He's another one that, you know, he hasn't even played much. I think he hasn't played much past the double-A level. Um, so he's got some power, that kid. He's got yeah. some power. They call him the Martian. Yeah. He's out of this world. They've you know been hyping him up for three years. So uh, I mean, Soto's a young guy too from San Diego, right? He's young and yeah, Soto's and, and he twenty five now. There. But when he first came up, he he was he was very young. Um, Juan yeah. Soto. That's what I mean. Juan Soto's twenty four. Let me not age him. He came up at like nineteen, twenty. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I'm just saying right now. We're talking about we need a left fielder. Do we have to panic, really? You know, you know what? Nah, no panic. There's to. there's plenty right? of guys. The Yankees have plenty there's of depth, plenty of and they're going to move guys around. You mentioned John Carlos Stanton. Uh, I don't really see him playing too much left field, but if they must put Judge there, they might. And, you know, it depends on the ballpark. I've spoken a lot about Fenway Park mm-hmm. and uh, Minute yeah. Maid Park, where there's a shorter left field. You can put a guy like Stanton out there and, they're going to run Aaron Hicks out there. They might even run Estevan Florial out there. Who knows? We'll see through these next couple weeks of spring training who emerges. But it's, it's definitely not panic time. It's definitely not panic time. I, I agree. Well, thanks for taking my call, pal. Take care. Thanks for the call, Ronnie. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into the weeds on uh, spring training. But what I'm just finding is there's just a ton of overreaction on spring training. It's been one week. Like, we haven't even, like, John Carlos Stan, I don't think we've even seen him play in spring training yet. So I can't really read into, you know, too much of, oh, did you see Volpe? I saw. Yeah, I saw him. I know what he is. Like, I'm not surprised. Did you see Jason Dominguez? Yeah, hit a home run off a random pitcher from the Phillies. Like, sure. Um, I, it's spring training, right? I was talking to a friend of mine. I'm like, imagine if someone came in and, and filmed your training for your job. You know, you're onboarding and you're like, you know, the first days is you're getting acclimated. Like, it's not it's it's not that serious. You know who the Yankees are. You know who the Mets are for the most part. There's only a couple guys that may crack 
the opening day roster to surprise you. Spring training is cool. It's cool to watch the future and see some of these young guys, but I feel like people get you know too deep into just a, a couple spring training games. Today, I, I saw something that I don't think I've seen. Uh, there was a game today between the Pirates and the Orioles where the umpires were over it, right? They're down there in Florida. <laughs> they, they're ready to go back to the beach or the bar or get ready for dinner. And uh, it was the bottom of the ninth, and it was over, right? And I think the, the score was uh, 7-4, and the umpires left at the top of the inning. I think the game was over, but these guys went on and played without umpires. I don't know how that happens. And I got to get the video exactly how that went down. I think I saw Ben Verlander post it, and I'm just like, uh, talk about bonus baseball. Spring training does not matter. So much so that these umpire crews have been out there for two and a half hours in the sun. They're over it. They're out of there. And uh, these young players that are trying to get their reps, that are trying to be seen, they're still playing. They're they're calling their own plays, or not calling their own plays. They're making their own outs and calling their own, like, Balls and strikes. I gotta, I gotta watch this full video with sound on. But yeah, Ben, Ben Verlander on Twitter, younger brother of Justin Verlander, he writes, "Incredible! The umpires just left after the top half of the inning with the home team leading seven four. They wanted to keep playing, so they did. So I guess they figured, all right, well, uh, you know, the home team is up seven four. They're not gonna bat in the bottom of the ninth. We're out of here, and the guys playing are like, the score doesn't matter." You know, we still want to play. We still want to get our reps. We still want to get our swings and our pitches in, and they played it out. So, I don't know. I'm not I'm not too deep in spring training. I love it when it gets started because it signals something. It signals the winter being over. It signals that we're closer to baseball, but these are not real baseball games. Like, these are not even – some of these guys playing are not real baseball players. So, uh, can't get too deep in that. Marty is in Milford on the fan. What's up, Marty? Hey, Keith, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. Thanks for calling us up. Absolutely. I just want to go with, like, the, the new rules and everything. I've, I've heard a ton of backlash about it, too. Um, a lot of, like, they say, they call them purists. Mm-hmm. Traditionalists, like, purists in baseball. R.I.P. to them because they're not going to be watching I mean, this. Guys, I'm, I'm, I'm a purist as well. I grew up watching baseball. I grew up Derek Jeter, captain of the Yankees, winning World Series. Those games weren't but, like, two and a half hours long. You're right, and and I think Evan was, was talking about that with me yesterday. He kept saying, he's like, this is just getting these guys to have a pace like we used to have 20, 30 years ago. This is just, and I've been using the phrase sense of urgency, this is just adding a sense of urgency to the game. This is not golf. We're not chilling. We're not just strolling through, fra-la-la, like, let's go. <laughs> Throw the ball over the plate. And, uh, you know, get this thing rolling. And I think that's what the pitch clock is going to do. I personally have said I don't want to see it. Like, every, I don't need to see a clock on every pitch ticking down. But if it's getting close, then, yeah. Uh, I think the Mets just had a game. I saw a clip where Francisco Lindor is like, oh, we just got an out. Guy wasn't ready. It was a full count. Strike three. You're gone. You're not ready to hit. You're out of there. So it, it'll be fine. And I think, you know, Everything changes. Change is the only constant. Evolve or dissolve. And and Major League Baseball has been slow to change. They've been kind of stuck in their ways. And I understand purists and traditionalists, uh, you know, they love the game as it was, but whatever. Like, you know, I, I love my first iPhone, too. I wouldn't love it now. It'd be obsolete. Like, you have to change things for the future, for the better. And, and I think they are. 
And Keith, I agree with you completely. The only thing I dislike is I don't like the uh, the pitch clock behind the camera. So I don't want to see the pitch clock. Right, that's what I'm saying. And I think with the spring training ballparks, they're just figuring it out wherever they can. But once we well, get into the actual season, you're not going to be able to see that on the backstop. Most, most of the time, the backstop, if you see anything, it's an advertisement. They're selling those, you know, they're selling ads to be put there. You're not going to see the clock. Um, physically on the field, and then they also shouldn't put it in the, like, score bug. It shouldn't be, like, digitally applied to the shot either until it gets to, like, seven seconds. But I've also been in Yankee Stadium plenty of times, and I recall a pitch count clock in the left field wall. Um, probably there is a, there is a, like, I I have seen that. Even prior to this happening, there was, it was a 25-second clock. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what that clock was for, is for. I think I've seen it. Uh, it's been a while since I've been in the stadium. Um, it was a pitch clock. They just they didn't adhere to the rule because the rules were around for years. Right, but now it's more you know visible, strictly enforced, and it's going to change Absolutely. the game. It's going to speed up the game. I'm all for it. I'm with it. it. It didn't look bad this weekend as I was watching baseball. I said to Evan yesterday, I'm like, it actually made it like you can't miss a pitch. It's happening that fast. You don't have that extra, like, it feel, feels like 30 seconds between pitches to, like, all right, I'm going to go grab another beer out of the fridge. Like, you go grab a beer out of the fi- uh, fridge, and you already missed something, and it's, you know, guy on first base. You're like, how that happened? Well, you compare it to golf. Golf is good for a nap. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't have to take a nap watching baseball. Yeah, but, like, there's definitely some times on a Sunday you might be watching the Yankees game and doze off. There's no action, right? Or it's a pitcher's duel. Or it's just no no, I, no balls put into play. It's like, whoa, I, totally I, I just slept through the whole bottom of this inning. I totally agree. Because the Yankees-Red Sox games, I think they had like the record for every game was over four hours. Yeah, so they say. We've seen them. And uh, we'll see what happens this year with the pitch clock if they still take four hours. But I think so. Like it's, it's spring training for the pitch clock. So far, so good. I think everybody's going to be adjusted by the time the season starts. Fans, players umpires and it's going to help the game they're saying it's already shaving off like 20 minutes on average with these spring training games good i mean every other game you go to an nba game it's two and a half hours you go to a hockey game it's like two and a half hours like baseball wants to be able to compete with the rest of the sports and uh i think this was the fix this is a long awaited fix and, and i totally agree with that every other sport has compromised and moved on Every other sport, hockey, they went to the three-on-threes in the overtime. Um, the football has been changed, transgressing over the years exponentially, uh, which made it the best TV sport ever. Yeah, they've changed a ton in the NFL. No one really, like, no one really, the the biggest thing that changed in the NFL was the Megatron rule with the what's a catch and not a catch. That was, uh, I mean, people didn't really make a fuss about it, and we still don't really know what a catch is. They've changed all the rules to aid the quarterbacks and the receivers of roughing the passer, the pass interference calls. It is what it is. Like, we've accepted it. I mean, overtime, they've changed. You know, it used to be sudden death overtime where you could lose in overtime by a field goal without touching the ball. Then it was you could lose in overtime by a touchdown without touching the ball. Now both teams have to touch the ball. Like, they, they've adapted. They've changed, and people have accepted, and it's been perfectly fine. Well, what they did was created the best TV program ever. Yeah, they, I mean the NFL is king. They everybody watches the NFL. 
they figured out how to get their product um, into the TV time and the commercials, and uh, they're number one. No one rivals them. Exactly, exactly. That's all I'm saying. Uh, my last take is who's playing shortstop for the New York Yankees on opening deck? Oswald Peraza, if you ask me. You think so? Yeah, why not? I mean, if if he doesn't if he doesn't come through the rest of spring training and they have to go with IKF, I guess. I think Ronnie from the Bronx was alluding to what uh, BT and Tiki were talking about this morning with Gavin Lux going down and tearing his ACL for the Dodgers. They're like, hey, trade IKF to them. Uh, I just think that, like, we saw IKF. If you have to pull a guy that you traded for and you started on opening day and he played most of the innings at shortstop for you, you got to pull that guy in the ALCS. That's a problem. So Oswald Peraza is a young guy, a lot of hype, a lot of talent, a lot of potential. Um, I really care more for the defense. There's enough bats in the lineup, but I think his bat's going to come along and uh, I expect them to see, you know, I, I expect to see them give this young guy a shot. I, I just don't want to see them run it back with IKF. Volpe, I think, could potentially beat him out in camp, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I think that uh, they're going to wait to bring Volpe up until later in the season, or maybe he forces their hand earlier than we even think. I don't disagree with you there. Uh, I'm just saying, like, the opening day roster, and you have to remember that they eliminated the shift now, so now we need a player that has played that position before. So you're talking Volpe, you're talking Peraza. They haven't played the shortstop position at the major league level yet. Peraza has. Not a ton, but obviously he was there in September, and then we literally saw him against the Astros. They waited, uh, foolish of them, they waited to force this young guy into competition against the best team in baseball, the eventual World Series champ. So he'll be all right. Thanks for the call, Marty. Uh, not for nothing, like, the dimensions are the same. Major League Baseball, AAA, like, Peraza's going to be fine. He can defend the position. And I don't think he's going to be too worried about the pinstripes being heavy or anything like that. 877-337-6666. I got to break it down. Keith McPherson on the fan. I'll be back after this. Yeah, buddy. Back at it on the fan. Your nighttime host, Keith McPherson. I feel like I haven't done these late nights. This isn't even a late night, but like (laughs) the all-star break happened. So I had a run of five straight five-hour shows. It was supposed to be six. And then I got asked to be on Maggie and Perloff, filling in for Andrew Perloff last Thursday. Then they gave me off Friday. Uh, and then I was on Carton and Roberts filling in for Craig yesterday. So it's been a while since like, I haven't had a show past 12 in like two weeks. I think the last show that I did, that was a 2 a.m. I think that was Valentine's day, uh, Knicks or Nets played the heat and I was on after that game. So yeah, it just feels a little different, but happy to be here. Always happy to take your calls at 877-337-337. 6666. And speaking of happy to be here, uh, there's one guy I know that's definitely happy to be here. That's Josh Hart. You could tell right away in the last Knicks versus Nets game, he was like grabbing the jersey with New York on the front. He was like, This is our city. I'm like, You're from Maryland. You were in Portland last week. Like, I I get it. Like, you're playing right into it. And I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I've been saying, uh, tonight on this show that is going to be lit this spring. And the garden is going to be turned up. If you're a Knicks and Rangers fan, like, it's going to be a good time. So 
Jalen Brunson was on Twitter and he said, I need to get to a Rangers game this year. Josh Hart quote tweets that and says, bring me. Jalen Brunson says, say less, little bro. And uh, Josh Hart, he's a Twitter guy. He's definitely got Twitter fingers. And I don't hate on it. I'm a Twitter guy, too. I'm I'm definitely starting to tweet less. <laughs> but uh, I get a kick out of it when guys like Josh Hart are on Twitter being regular like us. He's on Twitter looking for... Uh, Let's see, February 20th, good date night, NYC restaurants, question mark. He gets 648 replies. Regular guy. Like I'm, I'm sure somebody in the Knicks organization can point you in the direction of a great spot to take your fiancé. I don't know if he's married yet, maybe his wife. I remember the whole proposal when that went down. Uh, but I'm sure somebody could point you in the right direction, bro, like where you could get a seat, uh, get a nice table reservation. You probably don't even have to pay anything, but he sources – uh, from Twitter to, you know, see what New Yorkers think. What else did he ask? Best doggy daycare and boarding in NYC. Got to make sure the pups are taken care of. He's trying to get advice for his dogs. Trying to get the uh, tips on where to go. And One more. What else did he say? Best places in New York to watch Chelsea tomorrow. That was on February 25th. I guess he's into football. I was looking for a place to watch Chelsea. Like, Josh Hart is just going to randomly pull up to Professor Tom's or spot like that. Maybe. Maybe. He's a regular guy. I will say when I got to be around him, when I got to meet him in 2018, he struck me as a regular dude. I feel like he looks taller on TV than he does in real life. When I worked at Rock Nation, he was a Rock Nation athlete. I don't know if he still is. But I remember he was playing for the Lakers, and he came to New York. And when he came in, he popped in to Rock Nation Sports Agency to do some social media stuff with us. I was a digital marketing manager on the sports side, specifically NFL, like working with like Leonard Fournette and Geno Smith, Saquon Barkley, Ronnie Staley, uh, guys like that. But I remember when Josh came up, they sent me down to go get him from the elevator, and he just wheeled in his little suitcase. He had a you know hoodie, sweatpants on, like a regular dude. Um, and he is a regular dude, but... He's uh, not a regular dude on the floor, man. He plays with intensity, he rebounds, he steals the ball, plays defense, shoots the ball, and uh, he'll be on the floor coming up tomorrow night. Nets versus Knicks in the garden. Come on, Nets. Nah, at this point, like, <laughs> it's the second half of a back-to-back. I'm not expecting the Nets to win that game, but you never know. Maybe. Let's take some calls here. 877-337-6666. Keith McPherson on the fan talking sports, of course. Leslie is in Brooklyn next up on the fan. Hello, Leslie. Hi. This is a non-controversial call. I'm 81 years old. I've been a Knicks fan forever. I go back to the days of Harry Gallatin and Sweetwater Clifton and Carl Braun and Dick McGuire and Ray Felix. And I just can't remember a time that I've enjoyed the Knicks as much as I am right now. It's just such a pleasure to watch them play together their lack of selfishness, the the teamwork, just everything about it, the coaching. It's just a total pleasure to watch them. That's all I wanted to say. Awesome. I could take it from there. Thanks for the call, Leslie. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a Knicks fan, and I think most people that are listening that are familiar with me know I'm a Nets fan, and there is a legit rivalry there, but I'm not dumb, and I watch the NBA, and I understand what's going on here, right? Like, We're on the second half of the season. All-star break is over. Trade deadline is over. The two superstars that were on the Nets are no more. Like Kyrie blew the season up. 
Kevin Durant was on his podcast today, The Etceteras with Eddie Gonzalez. If you remember, I think last week, earlier in the week, maybe Monday, I had Eddie join me. And Eddie spoke more on KD than I even really was going to get into it you know, with him about. But Kevin Durant kind of let everybody know again that, hey, I wanted to finish the season. I wanted to uh, you know, finish this thing out in Brooklyn. Didn't know Kyrie was going to do that. Kyrie blew it up. So when you blow it up, it's blown up. Sometimes you have to destroy before you elevate. But I don't expect the Nets to be able to elevate in these next 20-some games. This thing is destroyed. As far as the team goes, like this is a team trying to pick up the pieces. And that's not the case with the Knicks. The Knicks have a complete team. The Knicks made a trade to get a guy that helps their team. And Josh Hart, who I was just speaking on, great piece, great glue guy. He's going to give you effort every night. You get Mitchell Robinson back, and that's a big part of what you were seeing last night too. Mitchell Robinson said he was just doing his job. You know, seven-footer comes back, and uh, he's a big piece of the puzzle for the Knicks and their identity and their toughness. And he's young. And I look at a lot of these guys. He's 24. A lot of these other guys, like the Knicks have young guys that have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, whether it's Brunson or Grimes or IQ, Josh Hart, uh, RJ. We, we need RJ to be more consistent. We need RJ to match that number three overall pick in that contract, right? But uh, when you're watching the Knicks like I was last night, I'm like, they have swagger again. You know, if you ever thought the Knicks were back, they're back again. And it isn't just Julius Randle and a couple guys. It's it's more than a few guys. It's bench guys, too. Uh, Quentin Grimes I didn't mention, but, yeah, I understand, you know, Leslie calling in and a lot of those old Knicks that he mentioned, I'm not familiar with them. That's way before my time. But when you're watching these Knicks now, they're tough, they play hard, they have pride, and it took them a little bit this season to figure out how to win, but they know what they're doing now. They know who is who and what is what and what their roles are now. They're on a six-game win streak. When was the last time Knicks fans remember seeing that? I don't know when the last time it was. It seems like it's been a long time. And when you knock off a team like the Celtics in your building, you hold them under 100 points. Like, how can you not feel yourself? You you absolutely should. Hayden is in Dick's Hills on the fan. What's up, Hayden? What's up, Keith? Uh, I got a question for you about the Knicks. Like, I mean, they've had a great season so far, but, like, let's say if you lose to the Cleveland in, like, the first round, would that, like, take away some of the bluster that they've had in this uh, in this season due to the fact they could have had Donovan Mitchell? It depends, man. I feel like they're on a collision course. I feel like that was already written in the stars, right? Donovan Mitchell wanted to be here so bad. He was campaigning. He was at the Mets game. He was at the Brooklyn Cyclones game. He was around. He himself said he thought the deal was getting done, and it didn't get done. So if they end up losing to Donovan Mitchell and the Cleveland Cavaliers in the first round, I don't know. It depends how the series goes. If they get swept and Donovan Mitchell goes crazy— that's going to look bad because, you know, everybody's going to yeah, point yeah, to the fact that it's like, hey, that was the difference in the series. I feel like, I mean, this could be like a finals team right now if they're Donovan Mitchell. They'd probably be one of the best teams in the East, I, I, in my opinion. I mean, I'm saying they're, they're very good right now, but like. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is ridiculous. Uh, you put him on this Knicks team as another scorer with Brunson, with yeah, Randall. Yeah. It's like there's there's no way to defend them. And, um <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's interesting how it all played out. We'll see what the Cavs do and what the Cavs do down the stretch here. But I think the Knicks can beat the Cavs. 
I don't think, you know, I don't see a series where they get swept by the Cavs. Uh, I think the Knicks can figure out how to beat the Cavs. Maybe I'm just going off a of recency bias, but watching them play the Celtics last night, I'm like, they're feeling it. Uh, they're they're just going to keep getting wins, and if they stay healthy, I don't see why they can't beat Donovan Mitchell and the Cavaliers, and then that will help quiet some of the chatter about, oh, you could have had Donovan Mitchell. You didn't get Donovan Mitchell. We were dealing with R.J. Barrett still, so you gave him the extension, whatever. If the team, that's what I'm talking about, there's a, there's a cast of characters now. It's a team doing this. If the team can go beat the Cleveland Cavaliers without Donovan Mitchell, I think people will stop talking about that as much. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I was just wanting to hear your thoughts on that because that was just something I, I, I was curious about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but, you know, Donovan Mitchell is an NBA superstar, an all-star. They could have had him, but they're waiting. Maybe there's another superstar that they end up cashing in on. They, you know, they, they have the picks. They but have the young talent. Them, will that make them, like, more attractive for a guy like Damian Lillard? Like, I think Damian Lillard's going to stay in Portland. That's what I I. I I feel like he's going to stay, but like, would that be like the deciding factor? Maybe if like you see how the Knicks are playing, like Damon Lillard would leave, would leave Portland. Yeah, and, in my opinion, New York. Game. I don't think Damian Lillard is coming here. I don't think he's gonna. And you know, there's rumors about the Nets, like the Knicks. No, I just don't. I think Portland to New York is a complete different type of thing. And this is a guy who's been so loyal there and and is set up there. I think he stays there. But when you talk about New York being attractive to free agents, I think both spots are attractive. I think Brooklyn is attractive. I think Madison Square Garden is very attractive. That's the world's most famous arena. The energy in there, like Josh Hart said that the air is different in there. Like they pump different air in there. Maybe maybe Dolan does. Uh, but I think that, you know, winning helps a lot. If the Knicks are winning and they have this swagger and this New York energy and this different vibe that I'm talking about, then, yeah, there's definitely going to be some free agents that want to join that. I mean, Donovan Mitchell wanted to be in that before we saw this identity that the team has now. If they keep winning and uh, they keep playing tough and like, like they found their identity, then why would no, Why would any superstar not want to come here? Like, I, I think when it was, uh, okay, you know, like KD said, I, you know, I don't want to be the savior. Of course, that's KD. He doesn't want to be any savior. He doesn't want to be the leader. On any team, he wants to be next to other superstars. He wants to ring chase. But, yeah, it seemed like in the past, stars were saying, like, the Knicks? Like, we don't want to go there. That's not cool. Uh, you know, they lose a lot. Well, winning cures all. If the Knicks keep winning, then everybody's going to want to play in Madison Square Garden every home game. Thanks for the call, Hayden. Sometimes, man, I, I think you guys are there. I go back to you. And you're not there, and then it's dead air, and whatever. It's all good. 877-337-6666. We're talking about the New York Knicks. It's time. As the season started, and we still had football, and we were looking at the Knicks, it seemed like the Knicks would win three games, lose three games. The Knicks would create some goodwill, and then it'd be a lot of bad will. And it was like you couldn't really talk about the Knicks yet. It wasn't enough yet. There were some good wins. But then there were bad wins. Like, everybody remembers the Luka game. It's like, you know, that was it. That was a game where people were like, oh, it's the same old Knicks. They always find a way to blow it. They always find a way to lose. But now it looks like a different team. They're not crumbling at the end of the games. They're up at the end of the games. They're closing out at the end of the game. And it doesn't matter who it is. It could be Julius Randle going off for 46. Or it could just be Jalen Brunson. Like, Jalen Brunson, I watch him play, and I've watched him since – Villanova, like for as small as he is, he's just so polished. And his footwork and his shots, like uh, he's money in the paint. 
You can't check him. Like even though you're taller than him, you can't check him. He's gonna he's gonna pivot. He's gonna make a couple moves, and then he's just dropping like a teardrop shot swish, and it's money every time. And he knows when to go hunt his shot. He knows when to give it up and get other people involved. And he is the reason. He is the reason. A hundred million. They didn't pay him enough. 877-337-6666. We'll get into some baseball, spring training, rule changes, uh, things coming out of Florida. And I do want to hit more on, uh, you know, the NFL Combine, uh, some news out of the NFL as we're getting closer to the new league year, Jets and Giants, all of that. Taking your calls at 877-337-6666. Keep McPherson on the fan. We'll be back after this quick timeout. Oh, yeah. And we're back. 15 minutes left in the month. Happy Black History Month. Had to say that one again. Hopefully you had a good month. I had a great month. Maybe you learned something. Maybe you didn't. Whatever. Shortest month of the year is Black History Month. and I mean, for my purposes, all I tried to do was let folks know that, uh, Black history is American history. And black Americans are Americans just like you. We don't need to make it different or, you know, try and uh, force feed anything. It should just be regular, everyday stuff. And, you know, in the future, I think we'll see a different name for it. It'll change some, whatever. But I don't really have any, you know, real issues with the name Black History Month. It is what it is. And next up is Women's History Month and the month of March, which means opening day, March 30th. We're counting down the days until we get back to real baseball. You know, the Yankees today lost 12 nothing. Am I supposed to be upset about that? No. Am I supposed to freak out about that? No, you couldn't even watch the game. Like You couldn't even see it. You, uh, maybe there was some way for you to follow it. I didn't even see a, a radio broadcast of it or anything like that. 12 nothing. they lose to the Rays. Whatever. It is spring training. Oh, let me guess. Jose Quintana, he's he's not going to be any good. Jose Quintana struggled today. So what? So what? It is spring training. They're gearing up for the season. They have a month. Uh, they have to practice. They have to throw their pitches. They have to get into game-like situations. These guys are going to give up home runs in these situations. They're not going to have their best outings in these situations don't panic don't overreact it's okay it's gonna be all right 877-337-6666 let's see if we can get two more calls before we break and then switch studios when we get to midnight matt is in essex county what's up matt you got it what do you say keith am i to understand you're uh about to be a father yeah, so we announced yesterday on Cardin Roberts. I mean, internally, I think everyone pretty much heard the word, and I haven't put it out there on my nighttime shows. Uh, but Evan, you know, Evan kept talking about different things, and I know C Mac always talks about his kids on the show, and Evan talks about his, and, and Craig is visiting his kids this week. So I was like, all right, let's put it out there. Yes, my son Jackson will be born, hopefully not this next month coming up. Uh, but I think the first week of April he'll be born, and I will be a father this baseball season. I'm blessed, and uh, I'm thankful for how it was received on air. I'm thankful that I got the opportunity to share that on the number one 
show in New York uh, and you know afternoon drive time. So yeah, I, I'm thankful for everything. You are blessed, first of all, and second of all, you're now gonna know what a what a nighttime shift is act is actually. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I can't lie. I'm, I'm certainly uh, not worried, but like, uh, I have, I'm a little anxious to see how that goes because I, you know, I always hear about the sleeping and whatever. Doing the night shift, I don't sleep that much anyway. Like, I'll probably go home tonight, yeah, sleep to yeah. sleep at four o'clock, go to sleep at four o'clock, wake up at nine, drive my wife to work, uh, and then like not be able to go to sleep the rest of the day. So. I don't know, but the crying, like I'm, I already have earplugs ready for the crying. Uh, it's going to be an adventure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, man, and everybody's going to give you all those different angles, and that's not why I wanted to say congratulations first of all, and I don't want to thank you, man. Time talking about, you, you, but but I'm so you know proud of you, happy like for, like I mean you're you're. You're coming up, and, you know, you know that's amazing, and I and uh, not you know I hope your wife is is feeling well, and I'm sure it makes your hands full, you know, and everything yeah. like that. But yeah, it, she's good. It ultimately makes your life full, you know. Yeah, it's the greatest we thing thought- you can do to create a life, and uh, it took me 34 years, but here we go. I was the same as you, man. And and we talked last week. I was the one who was talking to when we were talking about the rule changes, about snap throws, you know, about how mm-hmm. like that might be a uh my um I've raised a son at the same age that you were and uh he's a catcher and so we're it's like the rule changes we talk about all the time, but we're teaching it at the at the young level, you know. So uh, you know, like get like more not only movement on the base path, but movement within the game itself. Like, 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 like you have to be alert at every position. Yeah. So that, that was one thing I wanted to talk to you about, but the, uh, I wanted to make, make an obscure, um, kind of, I don't know how you put it, but, uh, you know, like, listen, uh, I don't think it's good for baseball to keep talking about we're changing the rules, we're changing the, you know, what I mean? like take that back. Like it's NFL has a way of just sliding a rule in there and it becomes a rule and nobody knows it's a rule until the third, fourth game, like as far as a viewer or somebody, you know what I mean? But, yeah. but like, they, like they've made so they, many changes every year. You just end up reading like one tweet about it and everyone's like, okay, ready to go. And, there's yep, not so much talk it. about it. There's been a ton of talk about this. Uh, and I guess you know what it is because MLB is, is changing like four things at once. So there's a ton of talk about it for the last few months. And I think it'll die down once we get into the season and uh, we have actual baseball to talk about. And we're not focused on like, oh, did you see this guy started off 0-1 because of the pitch clock? Like, it, it's fine. It's perfectly fine. Right. And the, the comparison I was going to make to it, which a lot, of, like a lot of people probably won't like, especially in our geographical area, but I watch NASCAR, or or I should say I did like, but they they were the biggest brand coming up in the mid two thousands. Everybody wanted a piece. Like there was not a brand in the United States of America that was not trying to get on board with NASCAR. And they were getting uh, major networks that were, uh, you know, like, and they 
started messing with the rules and the rules became the story, mm-hmm. not the competition. You know what I mean? And, and they, you know, all, they melted away. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's good and bad. Thank you for the call, Matt. And thank you for, um, you know, bringing to the table tonight that I will be a father. I can't thank everybody enough. I tried to go through all of the tweets and Instagram stuff. I appreciate it. But what I'll say is uh, with the rule changes in MLB, it's not going to hurt the game. To change the rules, it's not going to hurt the game. To talk about the rules, this too shall pass, and we'll get back to baseball. And what we hope is that we have a better product on the field and that it's more exciting and entertaining. You know, Matt was just talking about uh, you know, adding just some more more awareness, right? Like from the catchers and from the first baseman and from the pitcher, like sense of urgency. Baseball has been too lax, too chill, and now they're adding a sense of urgency to the game that is going to pick up the pace. And if you're watching the game, you have to pay attention to every single thing. You can't miss a pitch. You got to be alert. You got to be thinking about what can happen, and I think that's good for the sport. I think that's good for the traditionalists, purists, the old-time baseball fans, and the new fans coming in to say, hey, I want to learn more about the game. I want to actually watch. I was reading there changing the rules to make the games faster, and I think it's a good time for me to be on board. Well, here we go. We're about a month away from the start of Major League Baseball, March 30th. I'm going to break right here. We're going to switch studios, and when I come back, it's March 1st. I'll say good morning, and we'll kind of uh, restack the show uh, reshuffle the deck, taking your calls at 877-337-6666. Give me a couple minutes. Keith McPherson on the fan will be right back. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 